Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network. Ladies and everybody else, today we have an icon. We have a legend. We have one of the greats. I've waited for this day for many a moon, many a rainbow. And it has arrived. On today's episode of Small Doses, we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. LaVar Burton. In this life, we are so fortunate to get to experience different souls and spirits that touch us in many different ways. And he is one who through the arts and through his love of education and reading has managed to touch a generation of us on a number of different touch points, not only as incredible depictions of characters that are unforgettable like Kunta Kinte and Roots and Jordan the Forge and Star Trek The Next Generation, but also as the purveyor of fine literature for young people as the host of the children's television program, Reading Rainbow. And today we get the incredibly awesome opportunity to sit down with him here on Small Doses so he can give us some of his own potent truths for everyday use. Let's get into side effects of reading, aka side effects of LeVar Burton. Typically on the podcast, we have like all these segments and whatnot, but ever so often when we have a guest like yourself, we kind of break from format and we just talk. And um, because I have my own relationship with you. <laughs> this really isn't about anybody else. Okay. This is my podcast okay. today okay. Uh, where I'll be asking my questions. Oh my. Um, and Rebecca pointed out that from day one, I said, I, I, I dream of I having- I was on your list. I was on the list, Rebecca. You were the list. <laughs> They were like, what are, who are some people that you would like want to have in your podcast? And I was like, LeVar Burton. And they were like, but like, who else? I'm like, I mean, I don't really care. Like, but, and my podcast. So who have you had so far? Who have I had so far? Um, I've had Chris Summer. I love I've had comedian Roy Wood Jr. Roy Wood is dope. We've had a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had. um, So why has it taken so long to get me on the podcast? I think I was nervous to ask you. Seriously? Yeah. You weren't shy when when, when yes, we I met. Yes, I was. Were you? You just made it easy to not be shy because oh, wow. you're you. But I definitely was like, Mr. Burton? Mr. Burton? And then you turned around and you knew my name and that's what freaked me out. Absolutely. And you were like, Amanda Seals. I mean, they know the story. Yeah. I've told You've told the story? I have told the story on this podcast. You've told the story on the podcast? Several times. Oh my God. Several times. I love that. I love so that. I was like, uh, yeah, so no, I wasn't. I mean, you just, you have a personality. And listen, you know, 
you were the last of my black heroes to meet. Okay. Last one. The last one. There ain't no more. I've met okay. everybody I wanted to meet. You, At this point. You've hit for the cycle. Yeah. Okay. At this point, it, I'm trying to think. Like, there's nobody else. Like, I've met Quincy Jones. Right. Like, I interviewed Quincy Jones. Yes. I've met and, like, gotten to speak to Nikki Giovanni. Hello. Um, Harry Belafonte. The man. You know, like, my first interview uh, when I was in radio was with Outkast. <laughs> So like I've yes, you know you've been there down, done that yeah bought the soundtrack and the t-shirt and the t-shirt and the t-shirt has your name your face on it and some shit. <laughs> so you know you were literally I had, I tell people that I was like Lavar is the only person that I haven't met that I am like a fan of and not just a fan because I think that the uniqueness about you is that you are a part of a, a guard not an old guard mm. but just like a guard that relies on you it's just always been incredibly clear that like your integrity is it's all i got at the forefront it's all i have you know it, it, it's it's the it's what i was uh it's 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 what my mother wanted for me mm. it's um what i have spent a considerable amount of my life trying to shape and and then protect and it's 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 the only currency I have in this life is my integrity. But when you're in this business, yeah, because you say the word protect, yeah, and I think that that might be harder in different spaces than others. I feel like in our business, in particular, mm-hmm. probably porn as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's to protect your integrity and, yeah. and, and still do porn. It's possible. It's, it's possible. It's, it is possible. It but is it's, possible. But it's probably a little bit more. Uh, cumbersome. Yes, yes. Not not as clear a path. Not as clear a path. <laughs> whereas, no. whereas I would say, like, I feel like teaching might be an easier yes. road than per yeah. se, like yeah. politics. Well, teaching is in my family blood. Oh, okay. Right. Well, my, my mother was a teacher. Uh, my older sister is a teacher. Nieces, my son. If you're a Burton, you're pretty much in the education business. And you are in the education business. I I, I consider that I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I and that to me is what has always been like my tether to you uh, because as a creative, that's always been right. like my yes. uh, the groundswell beneath what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it can be a guiding light, you know. It, it you, really can. How has it been a guiding light? Well, it's just helped me. Um, it's helped me read the the signs on the road. It's helped me make decisions. Um, you know, and I, I'm I'm not saying that you know I've I've never done anything that I'm n- not proud of. I mean, I'm prouder. I'm more proud of some things than others. Of course. I mean, I'm proud of having done Fantasy Island because mm-hmm. um, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. played my father, right? Touche. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm proud of having <laughs> done the Love Boat. <laughs> I mean, the Love because <laughs> I played a blind guy and it was it was practice for Jordy. Right. And I didn't even know it, you know? Plus and, I I I I got to I, I got to play opposite Sherry Belafonte, who's one of my favorite people. There you go. Um um so Do yeah. people do people look at you sideways for Love Boat at one point in time? No, not 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 uh not as sideways as I look at it. Why did you look at it that way? Well, because it, they, you know, there were, it, it was they were both shows of their time. They were Aaron Spelling shows, and and they, they you know they weren't good shows. 
fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. They weren't good. I shows. mean, well, compared to like the other content that you were involved in, I mean, yeah, you have something I, like Roots, which yeah. is just like yeah, the root. And you have to understand, Roots was my first job, right? So Roots was Roots was actually I was a sophomore at at, at USC here in Los Angeles. Roots was actually my first professional audition. I was gonna say, what was that audition like? Yeah, because that's intense. Well, do you remember the copy by any chance? Like I, what part? I, I do. I do remember. I do remember. Um, uh, at least one of the scenes was in the hold of the ship. It's the scene where Kunta is talking to Fiddler after the uh, the captives have determined that they are indeed in the in deep shit. Yeah, and they start communicating with one another, and then Kunta has this conversation with the wrestler who was his his, his one of his teachers in manhood training. And he says that, I, you know, I had a dream and I woke up from that dream and, and, and in my dream I was, I was captured by a big bird and, and held in, in the belly of the bird and I was being taken away from my home and family and everything that I knew. And then I woke up and I was here, right? I was here in the belly of this, this, this thing. Right. Um, Damn. Yeah. First audition copy. Yeah. They wasn't playing around. They were not playing around. They were like, we need to see who can handle this off top and 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 what i remember more than anything else was feeling from jump i know who this kid is i know i i i know who this kid right. is i'm tapped in. i'm tapped in. i'm just laser locked on everything he was feeling through the pages and 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 it just worked out. The director, uh, David Green, though, when I finally met him, he told me that he was ready to throw me out of, uh, out of the room but because I was a theater major. And I had no concept that acting for the camera was an intimate experience. And so, so you were. So I was big. I was projecting to the back of the room. And, da and David, bless his heart and, and his soul uh, and his presence of mind, he, he, he gave me the note. He explained to me that acting for the camera was, yeah. It's it's intimate, and he's and and he said that the way I turned the note around made him absolutely convinced he had found Kunta, and he went to bat for me at ABC, um, and so did so did David Wolper and so did Alex Haley. They were all in my corner. ABC was unsure about giving the role to the kid who'd never acted before professionally. Fair enough. Hey, you know that's you know that's what that's what showbiz does. You you have to cover your hiney if you're in an executive position at a network. Yes. Yeah. There's Heine coverage There's that goes on. Daily. Like that, lots of it. That's them protecting their That's right. That's right. You that's know. right. That's right. But I guess my thing is like you've covered such a gamut. And this will all relate to our topic today, which is side effects of reading. We'll get there. Oh my, we have a topic. Well, yeah, because every episode is side effects of. So yes. this I mean, it felt like we I mean there, this is just I mean, if I'm being honest, it's side effects of the Robert. Let's be real. <laughs> Right, it's side effects of LeVar Burton. Like, if we're being generic, it's side effects of LeVar Burton. Okay. But I just think that there's something specific that I want to get to in terms of what, what yes. reading does. Because, yes. Yes. because it connects to also your role, like you said, as an educator. Right. And the unique ways in which being a creative and being, like, on the screen can support you as an educator. And I think some people yes. feel like you can't do that some and it's like you know i'm not one of those people no like some people feel like no like that's not your role you're a performer like that's not your role like no. edutainment is not a real thing like i don't want to i don't want to be educated and i'm like butterfly, butterfly in the, the sky. sky yeah well here's the thing roots 
was an eye-opening experience for me because in eight nights of television, I saw this nation become transformed around the thing that goes to the heart of everything yeah. that happens in this country and this culture, slavery and, and its attendant legacy of, of racism. I, in eight nights, there was an America before Roots, there was an America after Roots, they were not the same America. You feel me? Mm -hmm. People were dealing with our original sin of slavery in a very different way because it was put in our faces. We had conveniently made it okay to literally whitewash that part of our yes. past. Right? And Roots made it impossible to do that. Not only that, it connected us to the human cost of slavery, of that institution, of, of that cruel and inhumane institution. Right? So it was in everybody's face, and we had to grapple with it. And we did, as a nation. Shit she wore off, but at least we looked at it for a minute. Right. Right? We looked at it, we acknowledged it, right? But then we forgot. And we forgot. Again. And then by the time, by, by, by the time we elected Barack Obama as president, we were ready to call America post-racial. Ridiculous. What? <laughs> Ridiculous. In what universe are you living where we are post-racial in America? I've heard Morgan Freeman say that on television. <sighs> I love I love Morgan Freeman. I do. I do. What do Morgan Freeman, Lawrence Fishburne, LeVar Burton, and Bill Cosby all have in common? What? They've all done children's television. They were all Lawrence black Fishburne? men. Cowboy Curtis on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, Larry. Right? Yes. And Morgan Freeman? Morgan Freeman was on the electric company. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then, of course, Bill did a lot of children's television. A lot. But children weren't his issue. No, they were not. No. So at least there's that. Yeah, we can. He we wasn't can, on oxygen or yeah, Lifetime. No. Yet. Yeah. But I'm fine. No, you didn't use the musical sting. <laughs> you should know that that's like, that's a part of my everyday life. I think it like that's, that is my button. Really? Yes. Sometimes it's audible. Sometimes it's just internal. In but my button is, okay. you don't got to take my word for it. <laughs> but I'm fine. So... You know? Oh, boy. So, can we just indulge me yes, whatever, in Star whatever. Trek, please? Yes, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. I had a cat for five days this year. Yeah. I, I adopted a kitten whose mm -hmm. name was Jordy LaPers. But I could not give this kitten what it needed. Oh, okay. Because it was a rescue and just needed way more attention yes. than I could provide it. Yes. And I was like, I had to make a very difficult decision had to give and bring Jordy LaPers back. Okay. Um, and now I feel like that name is forever taken. You can't name another I can't, name, can't another. name another being. Yeah, the only, well, there's a, there's a caveat. If I got a dog, I could name a Jordy LaPaws. Okay. All right. I'm down with that. But I feel like in my Shondo, yeah. if I got a dog, it would need to be called Quavo Huncho. I oh, just feel like okay. one of the well, then that, that's the, and when the, I There you go. When I told Quavo, like, I'm going to name my dog Quavo, he was excited. I, yes. 
So if he had been offended, like, damn, like, you're you going to name me a, a dog after me, then I would have rethought it. But he was He was just down. He down. was down for it. So tell me about my obsession. Yes. <laughs> my obsession with Star Trek and Jordy. Uh-huh. Jo- Jordy's always been my favorite. Seriously. Always. I love that. Not just because I met you, mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. Jordy mm-hmm. is always my favorite because- Can you Jordy- tell me why? Yes, because he had courage under fire. Yeah. Jordy wasn't never freaking right. out. No, ever, ever. Engineering ever. was wilding at ever. all times. And Jordy ever. was, ever. Jordy was ever. always ever. like, ever. shit is crazy down here. I got it. Give me a second. Yeah, I'll be right back here. And I'm blind. Yeah, well. So, and, I mean, I could see better than y'all. Yep. But, right. just for the record. And I just feel like he was, he was like a glue. Yeah. He just had a certain, because he wasn't just able to just be the glue with the 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 humanoid. Right. Characters like yeah. him and Data, right? Were able to right see him and Hugh Borg, right? Yes, Jordy was able to see the humanity in everybody. If that, if 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 you can say that about an alien species, that you can see their humanity. Um, well, I guess maybe maybe it's not even humanity. Maybe it's just the soul, yeah, in everybody, right? Because right. even the crystalline entity, right, ended up having, having a, soul. a soul. That's that's you really do watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> no, she just like whipped out the crystalline entity. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right, Amanda. I mean, Seals. I think it's even fair to say, even though their soul was trash, yeah. the Borg, the Borg had, soul. had souls. Right. They, they, they had been stolen from yes. them. Yes. Right? Um, which is, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to say what, because you know, it was not, it was unkind. And I'm just going to censor. What were you Today. going to say? Why are you censoring yourself on this show? Is that, it, this is the most uncensored show ever. Oh, well, I was going to say that 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 the Borg Collective is a little like becoming a Republican. But one bajillion lose percent. your soul. Yes. Right? You lose you become your one soul. Of you, nine. Become, you become part of the collective. And the collective is, is Trump's ego. Oh, you better talk on this it's, show. No, I'm serious. Because they, are, they have all given their loyalty and fealty to his ego, to his ego, because it is his ego, it is, it is Trump's ego that is determining um, everything that happens in that West Wing. I don't even understand how we got here. It's like I do and I don't. I know how we got here, but I'm still just like, y'all really let us get here? Well. Like, this is, it, I just want to come out of the dream, or the right. nightmare, I should say. Yeah. And I feel like there's... Something wicked this way comes. Like it's it's just so much more. Well, here's what I believe: there is no one coming to save us. No, we have to do this ourselves. We have to right this ship 1,000%. ourselves. Gandalf is not flying in on an eagle on the third day. Ain't I gonna keep happen. Telling folks, nope. This is on us. Did you? But see, I'm used to seeing my country as a flawed entity. Mm-hmm. It's been flawed in my experience this as, whole time. This whole time, the entirety of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, am I surprised to the degree, the degree to which we 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 have revealed ourselves to be flawed? You damn, damn Skippy. Skippy. Yeah, because you would think we have turned a corner, and I think there's something even to be said for the fact that like you experienced the country watching Roots and coming yeah. into a new space. Right. And even on Star Trek, uh, even on Next Generation, like there was this movement forward of like, now there's not just one black person in That's the right. cast. That's like right. we have different black people of different species That's and right. different folks, you know? So there was, 
I, I think the 80s and 90s did make people feel like there was a certain level of growth yeah. happening. Yeah, a, 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 a bit of forward-thinking futurism. Yes. That, 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 that it, was re- it, seemed, it felt reasonable to apply it to our present circumstance, right? The, the, the sense of optimism. That, mm. that we were that we were bettering ourselves we as a race of be- we were bold that right where no one had gone where we had never where we gone had before. Got, not gone before right um, and then it just seems like um, all hell broke loose and shit just fell apart. It's almost like Romulan ships unclose themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it's like? They decloaked. They decloaked. Everybody went. We thought we were in Federation space. Right? We're surrounded. And we were surrounded. And then it was like, wait a minute. Did the Klingons and the Romulans form some Did they unlikely... get together? Alliance? Right? <sighs> Do you understand the dream I'm living right now? Mm. I'm living a dream, Lamar. We're talking about Star Trek. You and me, Amanda Seals. <laughs> this is the only thing my father and I connect on. Literally, in life. In life. In life. The only thing. Everything else, I'm like, get out of here. This... S T N G. I'm glad thing. y'all have that. I love when women tell me that they have bonded with their fathers over Star Trek. Um, it's literally like, I don't even think we even, it's bonded, but it was like in silence. It was just the one but thing that it like. it was something that you shared. We could share that. You had an unspoken. Yes. But we, here we are. We're gathered. We, we are here for the same thing. Engage. Engage. Right? Engage. <laughs> <laughs> They're accustomed to this. I mean, this is, this really is. I mean, you see Spock up there. Oh, I do. Oh, he's got prominent, prominent placement because up there. that's like a limited edition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, doll that my boy DJ Envy had got me in Japan really? for my birthday because wow. he knew I was a geek and he wow. saw it and was like, you know what? Let me contribute to your geekery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a friend. That's love. It is right there. It is. And everyone listening, they may not be my friends, but they, they, it's love because they know they know about my Lavar love. Wow. They know that I find any reason to sing. Reading Rainbow. Well, what are we waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Amanda. You want to sing the song with with me, Amanda Seals? I'll start and then you join in. Because I can tell you're having a moment over there. Your face is a whole entire mood over here. How did I get a boyfriend and LeVar Burton in the same week? Go on. It's just your time. <clears throat> Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading rainbow. I can go anywhere. Ways to first know, ways to grow, a reading rainbow. Reading rainbow. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I love. <laughs> I love that you gave us the reading rainbow. Yes. Reading rainbow. That was Tina Fabrik, y'all. Reading rainbow for all of us yeah. in my generation. Look at them shaking their heads. It's very serious. Yeah. It's very serious. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's very serious. And I don't think. Um, I, I feel like this generation, they don't have, like, they don't have they don't. that. Don't. And it's something that 
I feel we took for granted. Yes. Because the same way that I feel like we took Dare for granted. Like, even though she was a crazy woman, like, I didn't do drugs because of Dare. Okay. Legit. Really? Like, Nancy Reagan, she's an interesting She put that girl. in your head. But she, I was like, you, you know, know what? what? I ain't playing. Wow. Like, they were like, Dare to keep kids off drugs. And I was yeah. like, I'm with it. Okay. That shit sounds scary. And I'm And I'm, I'm not good. going there. Okay. But there were all these programs. I don't know if you remember Book It. Mm-mm. So Book It was a program where like, with Pizza Hut, okay. where for every book you read, okay. you got like a little like token thing. Mm-hmm. And once you filled it up, you got a free personal pan pizza. Oh, that's cool. Oh, there were a lot of programs like yes. that in, in and throughout the, 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 the country. I don't know if they have stuff like I that. I don't think so. Amanda Seals, I, th- I don't, I don't, no. Nah. Like reading Rainbow legit was like, we would watch that in class. Like yeah. there was times oh, where yeah. our teacher would just be like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Burton today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Y'all learn about whatever he's talking about with these dinosaurs. And, and they would leave the room and they would be cool because y'all were quiet. Y'all were focused. You were watching the show. When you, and I'm sure you've answered all these questions before, but just for but our not, listeners. Not, not for you, Amanda Seals. <laughs> I love it. What so can you just tell me how that even came about? Yeah. Um so we talked about the 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 just the sheer power of the medium of television as demonstrated by by Roots and 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 the medium's ability to to be a part of huge social change, right? Yes. Um and so as the son of an English teacher when when the idea was presented to me that we might use this very powerful engagement tool, television, to actually promote reading among children who are just in the process of cracking the code, right? And, and turning them from children who can read into readers for life, thereby increasing and improving the quality of their lives for the whole of their lives. Mm-hmm. It was really counterintuitive. Let's use the the medium that the educational community pretty much believes will be the death knell of education itself. Yeah. That's television. And, yeah. and, and, and we we leaned into it as as they mm-hmm. say and 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 captivated a generation uh, of how of, many of years kids. was Reading Rainbow on? We were on the air for 23 years, I think. It's second, it's third longest behind Mr. Rogers and, and, and Sesame Street, the longest running, of course. Yo. Yeah. Now, I know you have Reading Rainbow in the digital space now. I'm, I'm, I, I reinvented it. I, I, I secured the rights many years ago and, and reinvented Reading Rainbow as an app mm-hmm. for kids. And, um, and then we, we conducted a Kickstarter campaign, which which really blew up and gave us the opportunity to take what was an iPad app and, and put it on all devices on Android and iPhones and develop a separate product for teachers to use in the classroom Mm. with our digital library of books and videos. That was, that was the magic of being able to translate what was a television show into a digital product for kids because the magic of reading rainbow was marrying the real world experience through the video field trip and the literature, the books that that we were highlighting, right. And encouraging kids to, 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 to seek out and read. So when the iPad came out, it was like, Oh boy, now I get how we're going to do this. Right. How can I get involved in that? Well, I've just given I've just given the digital library, which is now called Skybury. I've just given it to Riff. Um, so do they do do they do the field trips anymore? Oh, the field trips. There are two hundred fifty video field trips that I host that are in there. 
Um, I, I have no immediate plans to, to, to do more. Um, but I have, I've put the entire digital library, our 500 plus books, the uh, 250 some odd video field trips, the educational product for teachers to use in the classroom, along with lesson plans and, and, and evaluation tool and the way to roster 40 kids. I've just, my company has been able to put it in the hands of Rift to use as part of their digital strategy for putting millions of books a year in the hands of kids. And I am going back to my core competency, yeah. which is storytelling. And I'm, and I'm out. I'm officially, officially out of the app business. Got it. I hear you. Yeah. But if ever. Well. If ever. Yes. Know that I'm available. Okay. When I was 16, 16? Yeah. 16, I did a job for Scholastic Books that okay. was essentially a bootleg version of this, <laughs> if we're keeping it 100. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the audition was the hardest audition I've literally ever done because you walk in and they they were like, okay, so there's like five of us and they're like, here's a bunch of books. Mm. Uh, you have 15 minutes to read this book and then come and present it to us in the room. Okay. And it's like, they were children's books, but it was still like, it takes a certain skill to be able to like to digest a book and then and and, and then present, present it back it. and Absolutely. then do it with like. But you had seen kids do it forever, forever on on the show forever. You knew so what, you I knew got what a book job. review was all about. I got the whole job, and then I had to do like field trips. Yes, um, where like I went to go. There was a book about alligators, so I went to Gatorland and I got to hold a baby gator. Yeah. And, it was like, all and my, to this day, my mom is like, nobody can do a Scholastic commercial like you, a Scholastic video like you. You remember that audition? Nobody! But I just feel like the that that connectivity that you yes. said of taking like what's on the page and connecting it to real life, that's yeah. the part that folks miss. Yeah, and right. right now, we're in a world where like critical thinking like and comparative analysis those things are just lost. We did an episode on communication recently where we just talked about how like the issue with communication at this point isn't really about, you know, people not knowing how to speak as much as people just don't know how to listen. Mm. People don't even know how to comprehend mm. what they're taking in. And a lot of that is from lack of reading. And, and there, there, there is a, a, a definite paucity in the, in the ability to be able to discern truth from that, which you are hearing all and, and, and divine truth from all of the noise. Right. <laughs> yes, because because there's a lot of bullshit being flung out there. There's a lot of lies being told, and and a lot of attempt to shape reality. Oh, people. I've been the victim of that. Literally, like someone just creating a lie on the internet and just running with running it. with it, and people um, just believing it because they're not able to, like you said, discern from what is true and what is not. That's correct, and. You know, I wanted to do an episode about reading, but it just came to it just came to pass that you would be able to be here because I think that we really, really have become very disconnected from the value of reading yeah. outside of a scholastic space. Yeah, no, no, no. Reading for pleasure is the key, right? Because it's the reading for pleasure that connects us to our imagination. And it's our imaginations that connect us to our birthright as storytellers. We are all storytellers. Every single one of us. We're sharing our stories all the time, consciously or unconsciously, but we are continually sharing our stories with one another, right? And in order to, to take that storytelling 
to a level that benefits the entire species, we need to spend time in our imagination. We've seen the value and benefits thereof. Mm-hmm. L- look at Star Trek. Yes. Look at the look at the technology that we possess today and are on the precipice of producing that have all been inspired by Star Trek. I know there was some kid who used to watch the original series like I did and saw Kirk reaching back to that secret Velcroed place on his hip because there are no pockets in the future. I know. I've been there. Right, right, right. <laughs> I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Ain't no pockets Ain't no in the pockets future. pockets in the future, y'all. Let's get it straight right now. Okay, so he would pull out his communicator, he'd flip it open, he'd call Scotty, he'd say, Scotty, beam me up. That kid grew up, became a scientist, an engineer, designed a product more prevalent on this planet than the toaster. Because everybody out there has either used or seen somebody use a flip cell phone. The tricorder was a flip phone. That which we focus our imaginations on is what we produce in this realm. Say that again for me. That which we focus our imaginations upon is what we tend to produce in this realm. Imagination is the first step of creativity toward producing something that did not exist before. You have to, if you dream it, you can do it, but you've got to dream it first. And you know what? We, when we stop being dreamers, we start being followers. And that, and, and we stop being dreamers when we stop reading. It's interesting because I think it's important to even acknowledge like what we're reading, yeah. right? And just the value yeah. of yeah. the value of not just nonfiction but yeah. fiction. Sure, you know, and Absolutely. seeing just like I read fiction for pleasure. When I'm reading for pleasure, I'm reading fiction. Yeah, um, mostly science fiction or fantasy mm-hmm. because I I I love going into a world that someone else has created. Yes, I love losing myself. Yes, you know, hanging with some characters that I find fascinating and interesting, and I'm I'm willing and and to go on the journey, eager to mm-hmm. go on that journey. When 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 I was <laughs> when I was a kid, I remember it was it was Captain's Courageous, uh, Rudyard Kipling. I was in like the third, third, fourth grade. I read this book. And when I finished, I got depressed. I didn't know it was depression. I was in the third grade. But I I was going to say, Rudyard is. I was sad. And not because of the content, but because I had finished. I had closed the last page, closed the book. And now I was no longer in that that world. world. Right? That's how we feel about Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. So... When I'm reading a particularly good piece of fiction, I slow down the last chapter or so. Because I know I'm going to get depressed. Right. I know I'm going to get depressed. Because the ride was just so fulfilling and satisfying. It's so true. It's a bittersweet, you know, part of, of, of being an avid reader. I try and encourage folks to read more, even though I know myself I need to read more. I mean, we live in a world now where everything is so fast paced and reading just requires such a stillness. You know, such a stillness and a focus that oftentimes doesn't even feel available to us. But it is. And you have to like steal it away. So as I mentioned, I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. I haven't even been able to say those words in like five years. So even if the shit ends by the next episode, I was able to say it. Right now. I was a witness. 
And the other day, we were just like in bed reading. And he turned to me, he was like, I ain't never done this shit before. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, to be honest, I haven't really either. Mm-hmm. Like, I was reading, uh, what was I reading? I was, I'm always reading The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. So I was rereading The Alchemist Coelho. and he was reading The Spook Who Sat By The Door. Mm, also a very good book. And, and not a bad motion picture. You know? Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, but we both like, thought about it and it's like we just no one takes this he was like we're literally just like taking our free time right now yeah, to read because you know what people take their free time to do now hmm. to look at instagram oh okay yeah 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 true that's what free time is yeah. it's just scrolling yeah, yeah, yeah. through other people's lives yeah. and th- th- and the, the reality though is that reading is not far no removed conceptually from that. Yeah, removed no. from that no it's not it's just that there's a the, it's the, the quality and and character <laughs> of the content <laughs> hello in which you are indulging and just the you know, I think some people also don't trust themselves to read because of their level of readability or their level of comprehension. They don't want to, quote unquote, like feel silly or feel stupid. I, I, let me be the first to say on here, I read slow as shit. Mm. I've been trying to read scripts for a project that I'm working on for like three months now because I, I need such particular parameters okay. to read. Like I read slow. Right. I also can't be distracted. Right. Like writing my book was one thing. Editing that hoe? Oh my God. Yeah. LeVar. Because you Burton. have to read. You have to read constantly. I had to read my own book. Yeah. You have to read your own writing. And you think, yeah. well, it can't be that. I mean, it's my, but no. You can get lost in the weeds. I was like, why is it taking so long? I don't even want to read this shit. Mm. And it's not even like it's not good. It's just no. like the volume. So I understand that some people look at a book and it feels like the volume is daunting. Right. I understand. You know, it feels like the volume is daunting. It feels like, uh, I don't know if I'll finish this or I don't know. And I just want to encourage everybody who's listening to just consider what this different type of media can bring to your space. And I would love to hear from you, like just even further considering that you've been in TV and film and I mean, you've done pot. You have a podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you read on the podcast, but it is a podcast mm-hmm. medium. Mm-hmm. What do you think reading particularly has in a unique? What What is the uniqueness that reading brings that these other mediums don't? It, it, for me, it really is the 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 engagement with our imaginations. We make when you're reading, you're making the movie in your head. When you're right. watching TV, you're watching the movie that somebody else has made for you. Yes, yes. But yes. I love making the movie in my head. Right? Brandon is losing his shit right now because he literally said all of this before you got here. And he's like, <gasps> that's what's happening right okay. now. Okay. All right. Yes. You, f- you feel me? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because it's true. I mean, it's like Greek theater, right? Yeah. Like, it was just easier. It was more effective to, like, do a murder off stage. Sure. Because yeah. your brain yeah. can do so Fills much more yes. with the horror the suggestion absolutely of horror yeah absolutely which is also why dating is difficult wow that is a that, I, mean, I got fucking whiplash just now <laughs> <laughs> it's true wow okay because if you're in and so bring this, this is, home amanda Seals. this is something i had to tell the boy okay. i'm like i have a vivid imagination because yes. i'm a writer and a reader yes true so i need you to like be specific and fill in blanks for me sometimes ah. because when you don't i will fill them in myself yes and none with, of, neither of us want that no we don't no. because i can go to the moon yes, with this yes, yes. i will get on yes. a pegasus and fly this yes. whole shit out of yes, here you will. unless you pull the kite in and say no, no what, what i meant, meant to say was 
and fill in those blanks yeah because that's what happens a lot of times like you just can create i I told him i I can create a whole existence that doesn't that never took place and all you have to do is be like nope see that that's not that's not it and so i think a lot of folks don't understand that like you have to be very specific especially with people like who have wild imaginations because our imaginations will take us to places and that's why like mental illness is a real thing because if if you if that imagination is not is not managed or if Mm -hmm. there's a chemical imbalance that takes that place it's like it the power of the brain is mighty Mighty. it's just it's beyond limitations that we even know and i wonder is there a book that you've read Mm -hmm. that changed your mind like i know when i read the alchemist i was different after i read it sure just in terms of like like that for me yes certain language it gave me like Right. Your personal, mm-hmm. um, what is it? Your personal, not fortune, not treasure, but your personal. Mm. What is the? No. no. Wait, I'm gonna tell I, you. I yeah, it's a yes, it's a do. phrase that Coelho uses yes. in the novel as he as he as he talks about our journey. Someone literally said it to me this morning. Was really? like, I'm really thankful that you have pursued your personal da 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 da, right. and I'm gonna find it. Okay. Um. But then even just like the language of saying that when you desire something, the when you want something bad enough, the universe will conspire sure. to give you what you desire. Yeah. And just that concept mm-hmm. makes you feel like, okay, I'm not completely out here in this unwieldy mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. that I have no control over. And and that book teaches, Without resources. Without resources. Mm-hmm. And that book gives you the con- the concept of like manifestation yes that you can manifest something well that's my that's my point we we manifest through the use of our imaginations the connection between the imagination and manifestation is is inextricable you cannot you better say inextricable up in here (laughs) (laughs) you can't Pull them apart. Personal legend. Your personal legend. Your personal legend, which is your purpose. Yes, exactly right. So, yeah, um, imagination um, critical to the the health and life of the human being as storyteller. Do you feel like uh, this is this has been a a common gripe with people? Is it possible Hmm. to make? A movie as good as the books. Mm, it's rare, again, um, because it's a it's it's a definitive interpretation um, of through the lens of of one or a group of people, right? Right. Um, and and that interpretation may or may not jive with your interpretation. You better say jive. You just gave us your whole essence just now. <laughs> May not jive. I feel not. like Billy D about to walk through the door and <laughs> just and shut us all down. <laughs> Colt forty five every time. Every time. Um, so the movie rarely lives up. Once in a while, it does. I'm trying to think of one right now. I mean, I think Harry Potter, just in terms of volume, yeah, was. Well, those were satisfying movies that were translations of a book. They're certainly. satisfying. Yes, they yes. are. They are. There satisfying. were definitely issues. Yeah. I mean, me and Rebecca sure. don't get us started. Sure. Lord of the Rings. Yep, again. Um, really... But not The Hobbit. Right, okay. 
Not the Hobbit. Hello. There was a gloss. Mm. The Hobbit almost felt kind of like a kids right. movie. Like candy coated, yeah. And I don't that I don't believe that was Tolkien's intention. No. In a way that like It was a lot darker than that. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just like a campiness yeah, to it. Right. You know? Whereas yeah, Lord out, of the Rings. Out here on a lark. Yeah, no, this shit was serious. Very, yeah. very serious. Yeah. And then you have movies like Kite Runner, mm-hmm. The Namesake. I mean, because now in Hollywood, so uh, this is something my agent recently told me, but she was like, you know, they are way more inclined to make movies out of books. Have been since movies were, started getting made. But I feel like it's become more like a mandate than it was before. Like scripts yeah. that come from original ideas mm-hmm. used to be a thing, mm-hmm. right? But right. now right. they will have like six movies in their slate that they want to pick up and they're going to try and get four of them from IP mm-hmm. and two from original ideas. Right. That's right. And the thinking being in that marketplace that a proven idea has, has m- more of an ability to gain traction than an unproven one. Well, you know, that's always... But that's but again, that's fear-based thinking. Of one thousand percent. And that but that's that's the business of show. That is the business of show. For the epic conclusion, LeVar Burton returns next week on Small Doses, self up from the hip. Small doses, talking that shit. Small doses and keeping it real. Small doses with me, Amanda Seals. Star Brains Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.